When's the last time that you were thankful for a prayer that went unanswered? Do you even think about it? In today's message entitled, Thanks for Nothing, Pastor Matthew focuses on the truth that we can't be happy with what we have until we're thankful for what we don't have. Let's take a listen. Oh man, church family, it's good to see you. I love that last song. I love singing, come on my soul. Don't give up on me, there's a lion in there. And some of y'all singing like y'all got kitty cats inside of y'all. Y'all need to (laughs) get ferocious and wild. Y'all got Tiger King lions, zoo lions up in y'all. Let that thing out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Man, listen, uh, truly, when when, when I'm up here, and I love this, by the way, I I don't want this to be a presentation. This is truly a a corporate engagement with God's word. And I I don't want us just to be a people that just passively listen. I want us to be a people that truly actively engage God's word together. Because I believe truly that if we will engage God's word and embody it, there'll be things that happen as a result that we simply cannot get or manufacture on our own. Hey, woo, come on, y'all about to... That gets me fired up. Uh, 1990. Anybody alive in 1990? Some of y'all are young bucks. I know y'all wasn't. 1990. Some of y'all are real old. Y'all, y'all definitely remember 1990. Um, so 1990, uh, Garth Brooks, come on, sang a song entitled Unanswered Prayers. And uh, I don't care who you are, if you lived in 1990, there was a part of your life that you sang to the top of your lungs, right? Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. (laughs) Unanswered prayers. Today we're talking about gratitude and being thankful for the things that God has never let us see. Uh, let me tell you a story. Um, about six months ago, my kids came to my wife and I and said, we are the only house in the neighborhood that doesn't have a dog. <laughs> and um, now, you know, I don't know exactly how true that was. I think there might have been one family that did it. But as we began to go outside at night, Because of all the barking, we felt like we probably were the only one that didn't have a dog. And so we decided that we would, since we both, Alice and I, had a dog as a kid, that we would both, we would get our kids a dog. We would let them have a childhood dog. Now for me, uh, anybody remember Magnum P.I.? Anybody remember that? We had two Dobermans named Magnum and Higgins. That was our dog's names. (laughs) And uh, they were crazy uh, but we decided that we would get the dog that I'm most familiar with. And so we got a Doberman Pinscher. And I got a picture of him for us. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not him. This is it. No, that's it. That's Snoop Dog. That's Snoop Dog. Y'all don't even know about Snoop. This is really him. This is him. This is Chief. And uh, man, he is a crazy dog. He's, he's crate trained, right? But we... Um, we feed him outside because he makes a mess, and we let him go outside because we need him to handle his business and not do it in the house, and we want him to get all of his energy out, right, because we 
ultimately don't want him tearing up all of our stuff. We don't have a lot of stuff, but he's in that phase right now that he thinks everything is his true choice. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, so we just got to let him stay outside. Well, right now, as you guys know, it gets darker earlier than it does late. You, are you with me? I mean, you got like 530, it's like pitch black dark outside, right? And so we let Chief out to go eat and uh, we fill up his food, fill up his water bottle or water bowl and he goes outside and, and normally what happens, because we back, we're backed up, I don't know if you remember from the picture, but there's like woods back there, there's a farm. And so what happens is our dog will just run straight to the back fence and start barking and growling. He's going crazy. And so my wife and the kids are like, go get that flashlight see what's out there. And so I'm running back, trying to find a flashlight, looking, and of course, I I never see anything. Maybe I'm too slow. I'm not as good as I once was. You hear what I'm saying? That's funny. That's a Toby Keith reference, by the way. Some of y'all don't know. Uh, So, uh, you know, I'm looking. I turn it on the brighter, try to see if I can find it. And I don't always see, but I know something's back there. Because Chief has like, you know, he's a dog. He's got heightened sense of smell. He's got, he hears a little bit better than I do, right? He sees better than I do. I don't see it, but I know it's there. Are you with me? And normally in that moment when my dog's just going crazy because I'm annoyed because I'm thinking, what's the neighbors thinking? Right? Are they mad at me now as I used to be with them? And so my first response is I open the door and I'm like, Chief, shut up. <laughs> And, uh, but you know, what's interesting because as, as uh, frustrated as I can get uh, and annoyed with him about barking, I, I don't want him to stop barking and protecting us from things that we don't see. Right. Listen to me. This is in your notes. There are some things in our lives that we will simply never see. There's some things in our lives we'll just simply never see. And that could be an unanswered prayer, a door that was never opened, a relationship that never took place, a threat that never materialized, a virus that was fought off, an accident God prevented, right? A need God met beforehand. You didn't even know you were going to need it, but God met that need, a mistake God kept from happening, or even a pathway he blocked. And in those moments that we don't fully see and understand everything that's taking place, we can either be annoyed, right, with God, that we don't know and understand everything that's happening, or we can be thankful that God sees it all and doesn't allow some things into our lives. You know, church, it's easy to thank God when, for the things that he gives us that we like and we love and we ask for. But today I want us to thank him for the things we never received and the no's we received to the things that we desired. You know, sometimes we need to thank God for the things that didn't happen, for what he stopped that we never even knew about. And so the title of today's message is Thanks for Nothing. Thanks for Nothing. Anybody ever said that to somebody before? Thanks for Nothing. Uh, You guys know me, I like to give us a truth or a theme or something that we build upon. Here's the truth uh, for today. Uh, We can't be happy with what we have until we're thankful for what we don't have. We can't be happy with what we have until we're thankful for what we don't have. Let me pray, and then we're going to dig into God's Word together. Lord, have your way this morning. Uh, We love you. We thank you. You're good to us. And Lord, you're good in in ways that we don't even understand. But Lord, my prayer for us today is that by the time this is over with, Lord, that we would be thankful for the no's that you've given and would be more confident than ever in what it is that you're trying to do in our lives. And so Holy Spirit, come move in this place. Lord, even move online. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Uh, today, again, the second sermon in our series on gratitude. We're talking about gratitude. And uh, Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Uh, Pastor read a little bit of it last week. I'm going to read it again. He said, we should give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Again, Paul's writing. He says to the people, we need to give thanks in all circumstances. And I don't know if you know this, but literally Paul is meaning all circumstances. Uh, the things that are good, the things that are bad, the things that are hard, the things that are easy, we should, it is right to give thanks to God. Now I get it, don't get me wrong, uh, it's easy to thank God when, when he gives us the things that we want and we've asked for, but it's another thing to thank God for unmet expectations. And when things don't seem to be working out how we wanted, desired, how about this, or have even begged and prayed for you know, it's right when we say, Father, thank you for what you've done and you've given me. <laughs> but it's also right to say, Father, uh, thank you for what you and your wise providence have kept from happening and coming into my life. Uh, this isn't in your notes, but I'm going to ask you to write it down. I hope you guys take notes when we, when we in our sermons. Write this down. Um, why do we think when God answers yes to our prayers, it's because he's loving and yet when he answers no to our prayers, it's because he's keeping something from us and unengaged. Think about this again. I want you to write it down. Why do you think it is that when God answers yes to our prayers, we're like, man, God loves us. He's for us, right? And yet when he says no, we think that he's not loving and he's not engaged. How many of you would just be honest, raise your hand if it's and you say, God has said no to me before in my life? You know, and that can be for small things. It can be for big things, right? I remember praying, Lord, help me make an A on this test that I forgot to study for. <laughs> and God said, no. <laughs> uh, it can also be, right, Monday was my dad's uh, birthday, but he's been dead five years. And it could also be, Lord, would you give my dad more years to his life? And God said, No. Some of you prayed, Lord, would you restore my relationship? And God has said no. Man, that never gets easy to think through. I, God says no to good things and he says no to, to bad things. Um. First Chronicles 28, I thought this was so interesting. King David, King David goes to the Lord and says, Lord, let me build you a large temple where we can come and we can gather and we can praise you. We can worship you here. And God said, no. I mean, doesn't the temple sound, doesn't it sound good? Lord, let's come and worship you. No, it's not time yet. We read on in God's word that Solomon, his son, later came and was able to build a temple. There's another story in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You guys maybe know the story better than I do, but Paul pleaded three times, Lord, if, you, if possible, will you take this thorn from my side? And I don't really know what that thorn was. I mean, I love to guess at times, especially when I'm in men's conferences and men's groups trying to figure out what that thorn is. But this was God's response, right? My grace is sufficient for you for power is perfected in weakness. Okay? Uh, I don't know about you, but let me just be clear. That means no. No. Um, 
I was thinking through this message in that scenario. And, and the question, though, that came to my mind, though, was why would that be God's response? I mean, why would God say no to Paul, who's literally like the greatest advocate of Jesus in the entire New Testament? Look at all the great things Paul did. And, and Paul's not asking for something terrible. Why would God say no? Maybe this is maybe more tangible and practical, more practical for us. Why would God say no to you? Why would God say no to me? And I've really spent a lot of time praying over this because I can tell you just from my life, I've been hurt by some of God's no's. And here's what I've come to realize and see through God's word. And now I just need you to hear this. It's in your notes, but I don't want you to miss this. God will not give us something in the short term that will deter what he's working to do in the long term. Do you hear me? God will not do something for you now that will keep what he's trying to do later. And it may feel good now, it may seem good now, but if it's gonna hurt you in the long term, listen to me, God will say no. Um, we've said, <laughs> I guess, we've kind of talked through this circumstance before. Um, I mean, if we're going to begin to be thankful for what God wants for us over what we want for us, we're going to have to trust that he knows what's best for our lives. And I think if we're, if we're just being fully vulnerable with one another, I mean, the only people we fully trust with our lives are the people that we really believe are completely and 100% for us. They love us, right? I mean, if I don't think you love me, then I'm not going to submit my life to you just hoping that it's going to turn out good. If I don't think that you love my family and my kids, I'm never going to do what you've asked me to do if I think it's going to hurt my kids in the long run. Are you with me? So no wonder Paul looks to the church and says, listen, guys, you've got to know this. You've got to believe. You've got to hear. Listen, we have to know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him or are called according to his purpose. Because Paul begins to know and he understands and he's wanting the people to know. If you truly, listen to this, if you truly believe God is working things out for your good, how about this, then it won't be hard to thank him when he says no. Can I ask, do you trust the Lord fully? I mean, we've said it before. I, I just think it bears repeating. I don't, I don't know what good is in that verse. Pastor did an incredible, I don't know if you remember the Romans 8. He did an entire message on this. It was just so good. Um, I don't know what the good is, but I do know this is that when I think about my life, when I think about the things I'm needing, the things that I'm needing most outside of even stuff that I wish I could have is to look more, a little bit more like Jesus. This week has been a terrible week for me. Um, I've just been mad as a hornet. And uh, I just get, I've been, I've been short tempered. Somebody come up and say something dumb. I just want to slap them. You know what I'm saying? Y'all ever get like that? I know none of y'all do. Y'all are so much better than me. And, uh, and, and, and so one of the things that we have to understand is when, 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 when God is writing and saying to us, hey, I'm going to work it out for you good, he's not saying I'm going to make life easier because the truth is most of us don't need life to be easy. We need to be better people. And, and when we understand that God is working things out to help us be more Christ-like, listen to me, then it's easier to digest what David's son Solomon says to us in Proverbs 16, 9, when he says, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. 
Now, why would do that? Well, Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 55, 8, 9, he says this, and this is the Lord speaking through Isaiah to the people, we could even say to us, to understand why in the world would, would God d- redirect us from things that we want? Listen to what, what the Lord says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Listen to me very carefully. This is in your notes. God sees all. God hears all. God knows all. There is nothing God isn't aware of. Uh, And I may not know everything about you, but there is something I do know, is that uh, you don't know all. You don't see all. You don't hear all. Listen, and I don't either. God knows everything. Think about riding down a road. You ride down a road at night, right? You only see as far as what your little headlights will let you see, but God sees it all. You know, one of the things that I think is one of our biggest problems in in the world today is that we think too highly of ourselves and what we think we know. And the more highly we think of ourselves, the less highly we think of God. I mean, that's why the scripture says he must increase so we can decrease. Because if we increase, then he decreases. And the more we think of ourselves, the less we think of God. And that has never proved to be anything good. And we see this specifically come together and unfold for us in the life and the story of Hezekiah. And we see this story in 2 Kings chapter 20. And I want to read, if you, if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you, open it up and mark it because this is such a fascinating story to begin to understand. Again, 2 Kings chapter 20, the story of Hezekiah. This is what we read from God's word. Okay, this is how it all starts. In those days, Hezekiah became mortally ill. Okay, And Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you're going to die and not live. In other words, God through Isaiah came to Hezekiah and said, You have a no moving forward about life. You with me? You're not going to live. No to life for you. Now let me just simply ask you a question. If you knew that you were going to die, what would you ask for? Um, well, Hezekiah asked to live longer. <laughs> I mean, quite literally, from that moment, Isaiah then turned and walked out. Hezekiah started praying. This is what we read from God's word, okay? Before Isaiah had gone out of the middle room, the middle court, that's not even far away, the word of the Lord came to him saying, return and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of your father, David, I have heard your prayer. Now, I just want you to understand, that's a short prayer. He walked out of the room, realized what God had said, and walked right back in. A short prayer. I've heard that prayer. I have but seen your tears. I saw you crying because you didn't like to know. Behold, I will heal you. And on the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life. And I will deliver you from this city, from the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake and my servant David's sake. Now, this is just a random for you. It's not even a part of this note and this message. Is that Hezekiah is David's great, great, great grandson. Are you with me? Hezekiah is David's great, great, great grandson. And I want you to see here is that some things in our lives come because of somebody before us. And if you want to bless your children, you do the right things now. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect right now. But listen, good things will come. If you'll hold the faith. Uh, Let me just kind of clear it all up. God allowed Hezekiah to live another 15 years, even though God's plan for Hezekiah was to die. Again, God said no to life for Hezekiah. 
<laughs> and Hezekiah started just praying and weeping and crying, and Lord, please, let me live a little bit longer. And uh, listen to this. Although it wasn't going to be good for the nation of Israel, or even for Hezekiah's family, God moved and allowed Hezekiah to live an extra 15 years. Um, this is why I tell you it's not good. In those 15 extra years, Hezekiah was granted. He prospered more greatly than anything he ever, ever dreamed. Everything he wanted, he got. And you know what happened the more he got? The less he was thankful from the Lord. Listen, Hezekiah got entitled. <laughs> he got entitled. Um, entitlement is the precursor for being ungrateful. Because if you think you deserve everything, you won't appreciate anything. <laughs> but that's what ingratitude does. Ingratitude to God will cause you to think that life is about you and you're great instead of God being great. And this is what went wrong with Hezekiah. He got so into himself that he lost his relationship with Lord. And as a result, listen, he lost it all. He lost it all. And we may say, well, that was terrible. Man, I can't believe that. But that's not the worst thing that happened. In those 15 extra years, uh, Hezekiah fathered a son, Manasseh. And Manasseh would ultimately become king over Judah, known as one of the worst kings of the children of Israel that they'd ever had because he led them to worship idols over the living God. And listen to me, we got here all because Hezekiah didn't like God's say of no on his life. We got there because he didn't like no. And I was thinking about this, and I, just, I wonder, I bet if we went back and said to Hezekiah, Hezekiah, was it worth it? Those extra 15, it wasn't worth it. I believe Hezekiah would say, no. Because I can promise you this, I want to live as long as the Lord will let me. But if my prolonged life will, will, will cause more hurt to my family, then I had rather die. That's just as real as I can be. I don't want to live any longer than it's going to hurt my family. Hezekiah said, I'd rather live. Um, can any of you res resonate with the Hezekiah? You mean, you, you, God has said no, or God has made a point, and you said, Lord, you, you kind of, je you just bargained with God for a yes, and you, you knew, in the end, you didn't even want what you really asked for. Can you resonate with that? I mean, I can. For the longest time, I wanted to be a senior pastor. Uh, God has granted me the privilege of being a part of um, a lot of really large churches. And just to be real with you, I've never been a part of a church that just hasn't grown exponentially. And I mean exponentially. I don't even know how to tell you that. And I feel even weird saying it. And you know what's happened almost every place I've been? Is we've had such exponential growth through the things that, that I've worked to implement. That I would begin to think, look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I know. And as a result, I began to ask God, God, would you give me a senior pastor role? Because look how much more I know than that guy does. You know what? God gave it to me. And I can't begin to tell you how hurtful that has been and how many years I'm still working to mend the hurt in my family that I caused because I asked God for something that I simply wasn't ready for. My character, listen to me, my character 
in my maturity was not level for the mantle of leadership that it took to lead the size churches that I was a part of. And as a result, bad things happened. All because I got selfish. The concept of asking God for something, getting it, and then just immediately wishing you hadn't got it is what I call the Hezekiah principle. It's the process of bargaining a yes out of God's no. And you may be thinking, well, where else is this found in the Bible? Well, in Genesis chapter 18, um, Abraham did it with Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember this? Because God's like, I'm going to blast this all out. They're like, if if 40 is righteous, and he's, you know, okay, well, 30, if 20, if 10. Abraham ran out of chips. Bargaining with God. The question I've asked, though, is why, if God has said no, why would he still give us what it is that we've asked for if he knows we're not going to want it after he gives it to us? Are you, is this too real for y'all? I mean, this is how I think. If you know I'm not going to want it, why would you give it to me? Listen to me. Here's the answer. God will teach us we can trust him in the way we best learn. And we can either t- learn to trust him at his word or he's going to teach us through our experience. You know, the Bible is full of stories where the children of Israel heard from God but pushed their own agenda so that they could get what they wanted in the end. Matter of fact, we read this as it begins even with uh, King Saul, remember? I mean, God was like, I'm going to be your God. I'm going to be your leader. And I mean, wouldn't that be awesome if we, the people, said, hey, truly, we don't even have a person in front of us because God leads us everywhere we go. I mean, that's incredible. And yet the children of Israel was like, God, that's awesome and all, but we really want somebody with us, not you. And God gave them exactly what they asked for, and yet it really wasn't what they wanted in the end. And it caused more problems than they ever dreamed about. But if we're honest, we can look at that and be, how dumb is that? But if we're really honest, I think that we can all say is that we've asked for God to do things too, and we realized it wasn't really what we wanted either. And it's not worked out how we hoped it would. (laughs) Um, And this is precisely why we need to thank God when he says no. Because when he gives us what we want over what we need, the results can be quite catastrophic. There's a story, my favorite story of God's no uh, is in Matthew chapter 26. Uh, You guys may know it as the story of the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, Jesus is in the garden. He's praying to the Lord. And he says, remember this story? He says, Father, if 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 you can, just don't let this happen to me. Don't make me have to go die, Lord. This is literally what he says. I mean, he said, uh, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Listen. And God said no. And can we all just say, just to be honest, we're thankful he did. Because if Jesus didn't die, we couldn't be saved. There's a crazy story in God's word. I got a minute and a half left. I'm going to tell you this story. Anybody like Mike Tyson? Uh, I know some of y'all do. And if you don't, then this, you can go ahead. You can leave early. This is just, this is just, this is just for us. This is just for us grown folk. You know what I'm saying? Uh, back in high school, we used to play, you know, what would you do to let Mike Tyson punch you in the face? You ever played that game? Uh, that's a fine game. You should just, that's, do that on the car ride home. That's going to be good. Um, so listen, Mike said, uh, he said, this is crazy. You should Google search this interview. Just look up Mike Tyson, best three years in prison. Okay? True, this is true. He said, uh, I had the best three years of my life in prison. And the guys that were interviewing him were like, what? Are you serious, Mike? I mean, you've had everything you've ever wanted. And he said, but I didn't have peace. 
They said, Mike, you made $30 million for one fight. You've got everything you've ever desired. And this is what Mike said. <laughs> he, he, he looked at them and he said, um, it doesn't mean anything, though, if you don't have peace, stability, and balance. And he wrapped up the interview with this, and I thought it was just so interesting. He says, the worst punishment, he goes, I tell everybody, the worst punishment you can get is for God to give you everything you want. He said, because when I got everything I ever wanted, listen, I was more miserable than I've ever been. Mike Tyson, he's not even a Christian saying that. <laughs> you know, I'm learning to say, Lord, if you don't want me to have it, then I don't want it. I'm learning to say, I say learning because I'm not there yet. I'm learning to say, if it ain't gonna make me more like you, Lord, then please keep it away. And the more I say these things, then listen to me, the more content and trusting of the Lord's knows and nothings I become. I wrote this down this morning. It just kind of came to me in my prayer time. When we can learn to be thankful for God's no, we will learn to be happy with our now. You see, we can't be happy with what we have until we're thankful for what we don't have. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. And we're just thankful for your grace and your goodness. And uh, Lord, in your goodness to us, you sometimes say no. And Lord, that can hurt. And we can be frustrated and we can be annoyed. But Lord, today, can we just say, we thank you that you just keep some things in our lives from happening and ever materializing that you know that we simply don't need. And Lord, I, I know and understand because some of us have prayed for things that are really dear to our hearts. And Lord, you said no to those things. And Lord, I really believe that there's people here even right now and even watching online that Lord, we're still hurting and still confused over your no. And God, my prayer to us right now in this moment, Lord, is would you and your grace and your mercy would you remind us, would, we, would you somehow open our minds to believe and to see and to know, maybe for the first time, that Lord, your no was never meant to hurt us, but it was to get us to the place that we've all wanted to be all along. Lord, we lift you up and we ask simply that you would draw us to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, church, I, I don't know how you need to respond. You can go ahead and stand to your feet. I do know and believe that we've heard from God's word. And I do know also that every time we hear from God's word, it demands a response. And I do think that some of us today are still hurting from some of God's nose. What if today was the day you said, Lord, I'm not angry anymore. I see that you're working things out for my good. Thank you for the no. Maybe you say, hey, look, I needed to be a part. I need to be a part of a church like this. It's just going to keep it real. I love listening to Pastor Sermon. He's the most real pastor I've ever met. And you just need to, you want to be a part of this. Then this is a, a more, the morning, a time that you can join our church. Maybe you just need to simply say, look, I, I'm, I'm over it, but I need some hair, prayer just to kind of help me get over it even fully. And we love, Vic and I would love to pray for you. Maybe you say, look, I've been hurt by a no and, and, I've, and because of that, I never really fully gave my life to Jesus. And you realize for the first time today that that no was to help you, not to hurt you. And you say, I, I, I need to give my life to Christ. I don't know what you need to do, but I'm just gonna simply ask you, would you respond now as we sing?
Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.